Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Bible. I am Adam Zander and have been serving as a missionary in Romania for over a decade. Join me every week as we look at simple thoughts from the Bible to help us in our daily walk with Christ and our relationships with our fellow man. Hello once again from Romania. It has been several months since I last recorded a lesson. My family and I were traveling in the United States for five and a half months last year. I am happy to once again be producing radio and podcast content here in Romania. Today, I would like to start looking at the book of Philippians. This was the very first book of the Bible I taught over 18 years ago. There are many good messages or sermons in the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians is one of the most positive and joyful books of the Bible. The word sin never occurs in the book, and Paul never rebukes them sharply. The key word in the book of Philippians is joy or rejoicing. You have joy by not sinning. So today, we will look at the first of about four or five messages found in this book. Today, we will look at the believer's purpose, pattern, prize, and provision. This outline is not original with me. It has been preached many times. I heard this outline on an audio study of the book of Philippians about 20 years ago, but I never used the outlines I wrote down from those lessons. I have finally finished them and would like to share them with you today. First, we have the believer's purpose in Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Let's read those verses. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I believe in these two verses we have the believer's purpose, and that is to live for Christ and to die to oneself. We will see in the next point that Christ is our example in this. Christ saved us not just to forgive our sins and give us a home in heaven, but for a specific purpose, and that is to live for Him. To live, to really live as a child of God, Christ must be our purpose, passion, and center. Let's see what the book of Romans says about this. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are told that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. The Bible tells us this is reasonable. Christ died for us. It is therefore reasonable to live for Him and His glory. Many believers act and live for themselves. They are self-centered and give no thought that their life and testimony will have an effect on those around them. The Bible makes it clear that a believer does not just live for themselves, but their life will affect others. 
Let's read that in the book of Romans, chapter 14, verses 7 through 9. Romans 14, verses 7 through 9. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. So verse 7 says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. In conclusion about this point, we are to live for Christ and others, not just ourselves. He should be our life and what we are living for. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, the Bible says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one die for all, then we're all dead, and that he die for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. The next thing we see about the believer in the book of Philippians is their pattern to follow. Our pattern in this life is Christ himself. The apostle Paul was a good example. John was a good example, and many others in the Bible were good examples. But Jesus Christ is the perfect pattern for us to follow. He was 100% man and 100% God. He never sinned or made a mistake, unlike all other men and women found in the Bible. So let's read our pattern he left for us to follow in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." The key things about the pattern he left us is a servant's heart, a humble heart, and an obedient heart. That is the pattern he left us to follow. If we would just obey those three things, then we would be better Christians, have a better walk with God, have victory over sins, and our relationships with others would dramatically improve all from obeying just those three things. Let's look at those three things in just a little bit more detail. First, Christ was a servant. Jesus Christ came to serve, not to be served. Many church members and Christians think others should be serving them, when in fact, Christ gave us a pattern to follow and that is serving others. Jesus came with a work to do. He came to serve and help others. Let's read that in the book of John, chapter 13, verses 12 through 17. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. 
So the Lord Jesus Christ gave his disciples a pattern, an example to follow. Now, this doesn't mean we're to wash each other's feet necessarily, but that was the example that he gave, that we're to serve one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, speaking of the Apostle Paul, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. Second today, Christ humbled himself. Pride is the root of many, if not most, sins. Keeping ourselves humble will help in many ways and please God. Now, I am not talking about false humility or deliberately downplaying your abilities. No, I am talking about a heart attitude of humility and thankfulness. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 6 through 10, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse ye hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So Christ humbled himself. That is the example he left us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5-7, through 7, the Bible tells us, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The third pattern that Christ left us was his obedience. Christ was obedient unto death. Jesus Christ obeyed his heavenly Father. If he can obey his heavenly Father, surely we can obey our Savior and his word. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14 through 16. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So this is the pattern that Christ left us, a servant's heart, a humble heart, and an obedient heart. That is the pattern we are to follow. The next thing we learn about the believer in the book of Philippians is his prize. We are in a race running for a prize. What is this prize? It is to be like Christ, to know him, and to attain or reach a better resurrection. Let's read about this in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend for that which also I am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, this is not a literal resurrection. Paul says that he might attain the resurrection. 
every Christian, every believer, will be resurrected from the dead or caught up to meet Christ in the air. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So this could not mean a real physical resurrection. We are all striving for the same goal, the same prize. That is to win Christ, to be like him. Paul is talking about attaining the power of Christ's suffering and resurrection while he lives for Christ here on earth. To attain this better resurrection, a Christian needs these things. He must win Christ in the following manner, by getting to know him personally. Christ knows us, but do we know him? By claiming the power that raised up Christ from the dead, by actually suffering with Christ, by daily dying and mortifying the body, by continually following God's will, by forgetting the past and pressing forward. The Christian life is a race. We are to look ahead and want to win. We should have our eyes on Jesus and the prize of being with him and like him forever. We can attain some of these things now. We can also win certain crowns that are mentioned in the Bible. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 that talk about this race. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's also read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24-27. through 27. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway." Paul counted all his worldly possessions and status a loss for Christ. Paul now desires to win Christ, be found in Christ, get excellent knowledge of him, and to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, and to participate in the resurrection from the dead. We also need to give all to Christ and follow him. So we are running in a race and running to receive a prize. Last today, we have the believer's provision. God will provide all we need to live the Christian life. He will provide for our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual needs. Let's read that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God will provide what we need, not always what we want. Many times what we want will not be good for us. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of, before ye ask him. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
And one more verse, Psalms 34, verses 8 through 10. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Now, this world needs one thing, a Savior to heal them from their sins. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need one thing today. You need Jesus Christ to save you. Let's read Matthew chapter 9, verse 12. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today to save you. So we find four things about the believer in the book of Philippians. His purpose, pattern, prize, and provision. We all have a purpose and calling from God after he saves us. Our pattern to follow is the life of Christ. Our prize is to be like Christ and win crowns, and God will provide for all our needs. I hope this was a help and blessing today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.